And welcome to Sunday Coffee. Bart Gregory, Charlie Winfield. So Sunday mornings already getting a little warm outside. Bulldogs winning yesterday 9-8 over Notre Dame in game one of the Startwell Super Regional. We got with you yesterday afternoon for the post-game wrap. Charlie, we said we needed to sleep on it tonight, kind of get you ready for today's game two. Are you excited right now or is next game mode? <laughs> I have as crazy as it sounds, I've fallen back into the, that next game mode a little bit. Uh, maybe I'm tired. Maybe the heat just took something out of me. But I think what I'm probably trying to do as much as, as anything right now is just manage my emotions. It's a long day. I can't get uh, can't get too up too early. No, you can't. Did I tell you what I did last night after I left here? After we uh, recorded the show and uploaded the show, I went to Louisville and the state tournament for 10-year-old baseball. And what was so crazy is there's 14 teams in this division, and 14 teams had to be there for the 7 o'clock game when they ended. When the 7 o'clock games ended, there was going to be four teams that started at 9 o'clock. And so we went down there, drove back down there, not knowing if we were going to play or not, and we were one of the chosen four. And so we played last night, got home about midnight. So I had a full day of baseball yesterday. Now, if you're lucky, you lost. We did lose. <laughs> we, that means you don't go back today. We don't go back today. Today is all about what's going on at Duty Noble Field. We talked about yesterday, 9-8, to eight, and just all the quote-unquote theater that you saw in the game yesterday. And looking back, and man, just looking through Twitter and seeing what everybody had to say and reading the game articles, yesterday was real special. But, hey, it's winning two out of three. And so we won game one. And so now today the attention turns to Notre Dame. And I guess the big question right now is who is Notre Dame going to pitch? Hey, here's one of the things before we go there that we really haven't talked a whole lot about. And, Charlie, you and I talk all the time about how crazy this game is and how close this game is, tight-knit with coaches, about Link Jarrett and Scott Foxhall. I mean, those are two guys who are very close friends. They coached together at Auburn, you know, 10 years ago. And Link Jarrett's a head coach at Notre Dame. Scott Foxhall, of course, a pitching coach at Mississippi State. And it just seems like there's a big tie anytime you play somebody in the game of baseball where you run into situations like this. It's almost gotten to the point that it's rare when you don't have a connection between dugouts, isn't it? I mean, think about how many times you can say that guy coached with this guy or that guy was a young volunteer assistant, all these things. Every SEC weekend, it seemed like we had a chance to say, well, that guy coaching third was here. That guy in the dugout working with pitchers was here. And if they weren't here, don't they also seem to have been like at one of your rivals so you knew them that way? Yeah. It's like Cliff Godwin. You yeah. Know? And you like, feel like you know the guy. Yeah, you know, you know Cliff because he was at Ole Miss. He was at Notre Dame at one time. There's just so many cross-references. Was in he this at Vanderbilt? I think so. I knew I didn't like him. Don't go there. Yeah, he was at Vandy. I'm telling you, Vandy's going to be wearing the gold helmets before we know it. <laughs> All right, looking to today, I guess the big question mark, we know who we're going to throw, Christian McLeod, and we'll talk about that later. I guess the big question mark right now is Link Jarrett has not named a starting pitcher for Notre Dame. And whoever it's going to be, it's going to be a left the left-hander because they have thrown primarily left-handed starters all season long. And it's down to two guys. There's Aiden Tyrell and there's Will Mercer. Tyrell's out of Joliet, Illinois. Mercer's a Houston kid. And both of them have had good days. They've had bad days. 
What's interesting about both is they've each only had really one, maybe two long outings all year long. Those coming, for the most part, a week ago in that uh, regional tournament that they played. And so you could say, well, maybe they've kind of held pitching back and are stretching it out now. Or maybe you go back and look at those games, not a lot of close games. You could just tell somebody to throw BP for a while. When you're up 20-3, to just throw batting practice. Yeah, Mercer last week did not throw a high-leverage pitch at all. Went went seven innings. That was the longest he's ever gone. He went five innings three times this year. That was career highs before last week. What was the weather like last week in the South Bend? It was hot. It was, I think, 90 last weekend. And it's on turf. They've got a turf mound, too, like Vandy. A lot of similarities between your alma mater. Stop, stop, stop. (laughs) Okay, when you look through stats, I'm going to ask you how you do it because I think we do this very similarly. When when you look at a guy and you see what Will Mercer has done early in the year against Virginia, against whether it be Florida State, whether it be Louisville, how do you determine kind of what you're looking at from the overall grand scheme of things? So it's kind of strange. You remember Tang Hamilton played oh, basketball yeah. at Mississippi State? Absolutely. I used to call it the Tang Hamilton effect because Tang Hamilton would average 14 a game, but he'd give you 28 or none, you know, 26 or two. You, you never yeah. – you didn't seem to <laughs> – then you've got those some guys who give you 12 every night. Right. And I don't – I'm not a statistician in the sense that I'm going to start talking about standard deviations and things like that. But one of the things I like to do – particularly when I'm looking at pitchers at the end of a season like this, to say, let's take their best two starts and ignore them. And then let's take their worst two and ignore them. And somewhere in the middle, that's going to give you about 13 games, say a guy like Mercer is pitching in 17, okay? We're going to throw out four of those and just kind of figure out what you are. What are you most days? And what Will Mercer is, what Aiden Tyrell is, they're just five-inning guys. Pretty good five-inning pitchers. When I look at Notre Dame's stats and just kind of looking back at how their season has kind of unfolded, and when I look at who they back end pitchers with, Mercer, a lot of times, Cole Hep has been the guy to come in after Mercer. Well, Cole Hep went yesterday. He's done. He's spent. So then who do you back end them with? One of the things I wanted to talk about today, Charlie, is how Notre Dame, from a pitching standpoint, of how they have to attack today is completely different than Mississippi State. We talked about that a little bit yesterday, about how surprised we were about Preston Johnson coming in, and we pitched yesterday's game probably a little bit differently than we would have a Friday night you know, at South Carolina or at Vanderbilt when you're down by four in the middle innings. We pitched it a little bit different. This is a Notre Dame team that you could see both of those guys today, and it would not be out of their comfort zone. No, it wouldn't. You know, what's the old sound clip from Rocky? There is no tomorrow. You know, Apollo Creed yelled at Rocky, <laughs> there is no tomorrow. Well, that's Notre Dame today, right? That There's was before th- he died? Yeah, I mean, that was pre-Ivan Drago. Okay. But that was Rocky Three, I think. Yeah. In any event, there's no tomorrow for those guys. they got to win it today. And I think you could see uh, Rayo, Alex Rayo, big, tall, right-handed pitcher, kind of mixes up well with those lefties that you're going to be seeing. And so – but that's the thing. You know, Cole Hep had been a guy that had back-ended a lot of these guys because Bertrand, of anybody on that staff who could go long, it was the guy you saw yesterday, Bertrand. He's out. 
And so now you got a bunch of five-inning guys. They're going to have to tap into that bullpen a little bit. And one of the things you go through and you start looking at these numbers in the bullpen in terms of innings pitched, their top two innings eaters this year are gone. Bertrand's done. Cole Hep's done. And so now you you start looking at that bullpen. You've only got four guys in that bullpen who've thrown double-digit innings this year. We talked about that yesterday, about how – We've talked about those wins of how you can win games but burn big enough bullets that it hurts you down the line. They had a loss yesterday, and they burned two really good arms. You know, we did our show last week, and I talked about a Pyrrhic victory. We had that discussion about whether winning cost you more than it was worth. And somebody asked me, was yesterday a Pyrrhic victory? And I said, no, because the difference is they spent bullets too. I think we may have talked about this. Ole Miss, in losing their game the other night, had a benefit. They got beat bad enough they didn't use anybody. Yeah. So when they lose that first game, they didn't spend anything other than their starting pitcher. Notre Dame lost yesterday, and they used their two best guys on the mound. So you look back at what Mercer has done this year, and you have to say the time that he got shelled was at Boston College back on April the 23rd. Gave up seven runs on eight hits and four innings of work. He threw 86 pitches. That was his – most pitches he threw until last week, throwing the 92 pitches in that 26-3 to win against UConn. And like it was said, Notre Dame took that early lead, so he never had a high leverage pitch in that game. I wonder what the weather was like in Boston on April the 23rd. I wonder what it was like up there. April 23rd, well, Bart, through the miracle of technology, I can tell you it was 60 degrees that day. Okay, so it wasn't too Low cold. Low 38. What was the wind doing? Yeah, you know, 10 to 20. No. <laughs> that I can't help you with. So that was my question is, was when, when he gave up all those runs, was it just bad weather? That That's the whole key. He gave up four runs or five runs. He gave up four runs against Georgia Tech in two innings of work, but that was out of the bullpen. Here's what's crazy is when you look at his stats this year, we're talking about Will Mercer. He's had 10 starts, 17 appearances. So he's been used out of the bullpen seven times with 10 starts. That kind of goes back to what we're talking about. Tyrell – very similar as well. It's crazy. Other than Bertrand yesterday, who all his appearances this season were starts, nobody has more than 60% of their appearances as a starter. You know, Mercer has pitched seven times out of the bullpen. Tyrell's pitching nine times out of the bullpen. And you've got a ton of guys who've started a couple of games. And your first instinct would be to say, well, those are midweek guys. But they're not. You go back and – They didn't play midweek games. Yeah, they're getting spart- starts in the weekend. It's a weird use of a pitching staff. Well, it has to be a little bit because they only play, what, four non-conference games? It wasn't many non-conference games they played. That's right. And so, I mean, their stats are going to be a little bit different than ours who play in a full schedule because they, they could bank everybody up on a weekend where we couldn't. I mean, you had to use some guys on Tuesday, Wednesday night. So it's a little bit different of what you're looking at. At the end of the day, what we talked about yesterday, Charlie, this is a good team in Notre Dame. In game twos this year in conference play, they've been 10-2 and two in 12 games. They were 10-2 and two in game twos. Now, the thing is, sometimes you saw Bertrand in game twos. And we want to say the same thing. We were successful in game twos and game ones, but our pitchers are kind of interchangeable of how we've pitched it. You know, we've of course, gone McLeod and then Bednar. Went Bednar, now McLeod. All right, let's flip the page and look at, at us a little bit. Christian McLeod throwing in the game today and just looking at this Notre Dame lineup. They've got some guys who are switch hitters, going to flip around and bat from the right side a little bit. What's your thought initially 
about Christian McLeod versus this Notre Dame lineup? Go back to a point that we just made a little bit ago, which is sometimes our memories tend to be dominated by a bad start or perhaps a good one. We were talking every time we talk about pitching. What do we what do we think about the guy that came in and just dominated somebody? We, we talk about B.J. Wallace in you know, the ten innings yeah. and how great he did. Or conversely, we talk about a guy that came in and got shelled and didn't finish the first. I think we lose a lot of times appreciation for the guy that goes six innings and gives up three runs. In college baseball, if you could give me a starter, go out, pitch six innings, give up three runs, I'm generally going to be okay. So that's what's really interesting when you look at these two guys, and we're going to think about Mercer and Tyrell as well. I mean, it's almost – they're basically the same guys. They're basically the same numbers guy. They're different styles of pitcher. Yeah. Even though they're left-handers. And then McLeod, a left-hander as well. But couldn't you say the same exact thing? Couldn't you say, you know, McLeod, if you take out the great starts and then the bad starts, he's a six-inning guy. He's a six-inning guy that's going to give up three runs. If you look at Mercer and Tyrell – you say their average, their median is probably going to be what five innings? Yeah, five innings and four runs. And so you would you would say that the average McLeod is better than the average Mercer Tyrell. And then the question gets though: Am I looking recent? Am I looking over the course of a season? Because look, McLeod's last two outings have been okay. Well, no, let me take that, strike that. That's not true. I thought his last outing against VCU was okay. Yeah. He he kind of gutted through it. He didn't have his best stuff. But before that, you were Tennessee. That wasn't a good outing. But then you go back, and there's had a kind of a string of good ones. It's just the other thing, too, and I made this point yesterday. We were visiting with uh, Jason Crowder, WFCA, who, uh, if you get a chance, by the way, our regular show comes out on Thursday nights, and have WFCA has been great playing our stuff. But I was visiting with Jason, and he was trying to do a statistical comparison between the two teams. And he wanted to say – well, Notre Dame's hitting 280s a team. We're hitting 281. Their ERA is this. Ours is this. And he said, and I know I'm saying this, and Charlie is looking at me with a harsh look. And I said, yes, because that's like saying Nick Cavados is a 308 hitter and Michael Winfield, as a high school senior, was a 527 hitter. Who's better? Because you're comparing sets of numbers that don't relate to each other. That's it's, like saying your field goal kicker has the same shooting percentage or, or field goal percentage as your starting point guard. I mean, it's just different. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 not, it's different. The Notre Dame's stats and ours don't necessarily equate because I can tell you this, those regional matchups, for all the talk about a cupcake regional we had, what did they have? Yeah, they were, they were, they were given, you know, a pretty good, pretty good run there. All right, looking to today – and the game being at 5 o'clock, and we talked about this yesterday, we had the huge crowd, you know, 14, 385. More or less tomorrow, today? I think it's going to be less. Some people say more. Jay Powell said yesterday he thought it would be more, and I think there's going to be a lot of people here. Man, but I tell you what, yesterday took a lot out of a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> it took a lot, lot of me. It took a lot out of me. I'm, I'm not going to lie with you. So you kind of wonder, coming back today at 5 o'clock, you think it's going to be a good crowd. I think it's going to be a really, really good crowd. And there's a lot of people out there clamoring for tickets right now. I just don't know. on the back. If we'd have played yesterday at 5 o'clock, and then I'd tell you, yeah, today's going to be wild. But yesterday at 1 o'clock, man, I, I know that probably took something out, took a lot out of a lot of people. And some people well, got to be at work. So it kind of limits how far a radius you can pull from perhaps. I think it's still going to be a huge crowd. I'm, I'm going to set the baseline at about 13. 
Yeah, that's what I say. I'll say 13, 13, 5, somewhere in there. Let me tell you, yesterday was legit. I mean, it was a ton of people out there. They were five and six deep between the lower and upper levels of the left field lounge. And that walkway, you can see the entire ballpark. That's one of the great things about the construction and the design of this new ballpark is in the old days when you had so many people in the outfield, if you were not on a rig, you couldn't see the game. You don't have to be in one of those lounge spots now to be able to see the game. And so that that helps out a lot. And so, yeah, you had some folks that, that probably didn't get to watch a whole lot of the game yesterday, but the atmosphere was absolutely crazy and phenomenal. All right, so tell me, you're one of the few folks, and we've talked about this extensively, about how you've got dual degrees, one from Mississippi State, one from Notre Dame. Okay, I want you to put on your Mississippi State hat first and tell us, how Mississippi State is going to win this game today. Ultimately, what we saw yesterday, and I didn't always know how much I believed in it, and it's been called what the dude effect, it was in play yesterday. It was in play big time because as much as Notre Dame players, and some people may have seen this, their center fielder, their starting pitcher, they had a lot of players kind of working the crowd before the game, trying to ease in introducing themselves to people, love being here, doing all those things, trying to kind of, instead of diving in the deep end, they were going to take the ladder into the duty. Yeah, we're going to soften the effect a little bit. We're going to take the steps in. And I think you just saw the game get too big for them at times yesterday. And so I think you see that again tonight. I think this place is rowdier at night. I think you see a team and a fan base that senses how close they are to getting back to Omaha. And ultimately, I think Mississippi State took their best shot from pitching yesterday, and they'll be able to hit the ball today. Okay, put on that fighting Irish hat, that leprechaun hat, and tell me why you think Notre Dame's going to win today. Could have, should have, would have won yesterday. Should have won the ball game yesterday. We hit well. We made some good plays defensively, but we kicked some easy ones. We let it get to us. Yesterday, you said this yesterday after the game. If I'm Link Jarrett, what I'm saying is, that loss today is about us. We're up 7-3. to three. We ought to put that game away. So why are we going to win today? Number one, we showed yesterday that we can take the best pitching in college baseball, best fastballs around, save for Landon Sims on the backside, who we don't have to see today, and we can turn them around. We were aggressive in the zone. We put the ball in play, and we can hit. If we just make the routine plays defensively, we win that game yesterday. Okay, these two teams, pitching-wise, you've got Cancellari out there. You've got Sheridan, who's a left-hander for Notre Dame. Cancellari's a right-hander. Mejias is a right-hander. They've got some guys to use in the bullpen. Oh, for us. So what do you expect to see after Christian McLeod? Say Christian McLeod goes out today and gets to four innings and then all of a sudden runs into a buzzsaw. Stone Simmons, Parker Stinnett, what are you thinking? I think Mississippi State and Notre Dame kind of manage pitching differently today, don't they? Yeah, Mississippi I think so, absolutely. I think we can manage it with a little more of a view towards having two games. And so then the question becomes, who do I have backing up McLeod? I think for me it's probably Brandon Smith. And then I've, if I can get to the seventh or eighth, I'm probably going to have Parker Stinnett hanging out there. I think Stone Simmons is a guy – Look, we all fell in love with Houston Harding after last weekend, right? But can you guarantee me you're going to get that again? You know you're going to have to have innings tomorrow. 
if you get to a tomorrow, who among the guys in your bullpen right now do you think can come in and give you three or four innings if you had to? I think Stone Simmons is one of those guys, and that's why I'd be a little bit tempted, depending on the situation. If it's a tight ball game, I'd be a little bit tempted to want to go with Brandon Smith, hold Stone Simmons for tomorrow. Okay, overall, yeah, I agree with that. And you saw that last night a little bit with Arizona. We'll talk about all the other regionals going on, super regionals going on. Arizona last night after they got down. Your, your pitching for us today is completely different if you're in a tie game, down three, up three. It's completely different. For Notre Dame, if they're down three, they're going to try to ratchet everything up. Have to. They have to. Okay, so you've had some teams that punched their ticket. Vanderbilt yesterday had a wide strike zone that they got to work with with Lighter. Shocking. And then so Vanderbilt punches its ticket to play in the College World Series next weekend. Stanford goes on the road and beats Texas Tech. So Stanford is in. Everybody else is in play. Am I right? You're right. Okay, so then you've got Texas last night had the walk-off against South Florida. So Texas claims game one of that series. You've got a couple game threes going on right now. Ole Miss and Arizona later tonight at 8 o'clock after Ole Miss bounced back and won 12-3 last night. So they, they split that series out in Tucson. So they'll play at 8 tonight on ESPN2. What about Dallas Baptist? They Dallas Virginia. Dallas Baptist won yesterday. That was game one of that series. NC State and Arkansas. Wow. Game three of that one tonight <laughs> at 5. Today at 5 on ESPN2. That's the game directly opposite of us. So Arkansas now has been pushed to an elimination game in back-to-back series. How about that? Yep. LSU, Tennessee. Tennessee won last night 4-2. to So Tennessee looking to punch their ticket in game two today. That's a 2 o'clock start on ESPN2. That's right before ours. So that's how everything kind of looks and matches up right now. Hey, let me tell you, man. And here's what's so funny. I mean, here's what's so funny about, and, and we know this, if you can get through, Omaha is so different than a Super Regional or games played on the campus sites. If you get up there and that wind's blowing and these teams have been living and dying by the home run, they get up there and they start hitting warning track fly balls. Pitching is very big, but also when you get to Omaha, everything is spread out. It's every other day. And, I mean, you can literally pitch some of your – top-end guys just about every game out of the bullpen. It's just so different, but you got to fight, scratch, and claw. I'll tell you this, Charlie. I love Omaha, and this is not taking anything away from the College World Series. I love it. Absolutely love it. You know, that's the classic, I'm about to take something away from the College World Series. It's almost like going to the NFC Championship game and then going to the Super Bowl. There's a lot of people who sit in the ballpark in Omaha, who have no vested interest. They do a great job up there. Man, it's unbelievable. And if you're an Omaha resident, you just go over on a Tuesday night and you watch the ball game. And if Texas is playing North Carolina, hey, I may root for Texas this game, but I really don't care. To me, this is where college baseball is so fun, is the super regional round. It's the NFC championship or the AFC championship of the NFL. And to me, as a fan – what we saw yesterday, what we're going to see later today, this is as good as college baseball gets. Everybody's going to tell you about Omaha. Omaha is awesome. I mean, you're playing for a national championship. But when you start to want to talk about atmosphere, what you saw yesterday and what you see today is as good as it gets. It really hit me yesterday, and I'm sentimental about baseball, as you well know, and I was just kind of sitting there taking it all in, and one of the things that hit me was – looking down on the fence and seeing 
uh, right in front of our spot, a group of high school kids, group of 14-year-olds, all leaning over the fence watching, shaking hands with the Notre Dame center fielder as he was throwing the ball around before the game. And all I can think of is one day they're going to be sitting around kind of like we do, and there's going to be that remember when. You and I talk about Chris Magruder. You and I talk about Knobloch and Livingstone and Ventura and all these guys who've come through here, Larkin. Those kids are going to be talking about Cavados one day. And that's one of the things for me that's just cool about baseball. It's different. The experience is different that you get at Duty Noble Field than you can get in football or anything else. Because you're so close to the guys. You, there's no helmets covering them. No. You can interact. And it's it was just really cool to me thinking that one day I'm going to be gone, hopefully not too soon, but those kids are going to be talking about this for years and years to come and remembering these guys. And the way you and I sit around and think, Pete Young, yeah. these guys are going to be sitting around talking about Cameron James. And that's just really cool to me to see something big happening and actually appreciate that it's going on. Yep. Man, Tanner Allen. Hey, <laughs> man. if today's the last time he steps out on that field, thank you. Yeah, if, if that – man, talk about getting sentimental, man. You start yeah. thinking about those guys. Rowdy Jordan, Tanner Allen. I mean, those guys have been a part of our lives. Oh, yeah. They have. I mean, how many days do we start a conversation before we ever come on here? Tanner this, Rowdy that. You know, it's just – it's man, it's just something really, really cool. And you just have a chance. There's so many baseball games in a year. You really have a chance to bond with these guys. And I had not considered that this could be it for these guys. I was thinking back to two years ago when, when McNamee hits the home run and Mangum hits you know the ground ball through the left side, and that was their last game here. And about what that made that ninth inning so electric was pretty much ushering them out. And and so you could have that today, or you're going to have it tomorrow. Either way, one of the next two days, you're going to say goodbye to those guys. So, hey, a little bit shorter today since we had the uh, the post game wrap yesterday. We'll do another post game wrap later tonight after the game. Of course, game two at five o'clock. Hey, Christian McLeod, real quick. Here's one of the things that's hard to believe. We've talked so much about Christian McLeod, and two years ago he was a red shirt, and then last year we had the shortened season. This is the first time. This is the first. It's still the first. As much as we've talked about Christian McLeod, this is still the first time when he goes out there in front of that huge crowd. And I know he's pitched in front of big crowds before, but this late in the season, this has been a long season. It's going to be a hot day again today. It's not like this is kind of old hat for the old dog right here. No, it's not. And that's the thing we've talked about. Most of our great performances have come from guys who've been there before. You know, a lot of times you think about it, it's pretty rare. You know, you're talking about your Mahalams, those kind of guys, when you get that rare freshman kind of performance. And so it's it will be new. The other thing I would say, just from a crowd perspective, if I could give one message to the crowd, it would be this. Don't turn negative if we fall behind 2 nothing. Don't turn negative if we fall behind 3 nothing and Notre Dame's run a couple out. It's not time to start. we got to get him out. we got to get somebody in. This could be a football score today. The ball was – I don't know what it will do today. ball had a lot of carry yesterday. It did. 
Hey, of course, on Sunday Coffee, we're brought to you by Cannon Ford of Startville. Cannon Ford, located just east of town on Highway 182. Man, they do a great job with their service. They can do anything with any make or model vehicle in their service department. If you need a spray-in bed liner, if you need new tires, if you need new brakes, anything to do with service. If you got a little rattle going on, trying to figure out what that is, go see the guys at Cannon Ford of Startville. They do a great job in their service department, and they're also very good in the body shop. And, of course, they'll sell you a newer used car as well. And if you don't, they don't have what you want on the lot, they'll order it for you. Just great people, Chris Keen and those folks out at Cannon Ford of Startville. They'll do you right. And Sunday Coffee always brought to you by Cannon Ford. All right, Charlie, it's time to get, uh, get enough water in the system. Trying to get hydrated up. Rehydrate today. Time to get ready again, get mentally prepared, get back at it again today. What's your gut? My gut is this. My gut is, and this may be just the broadcaster doing so many games and the volume of games. I have no idea what to expect. And it's almost like when we talked about last week during the week about how you you can go through all these stats and all these scenarios. None of the models – had Preisner going three for four yesterday with two doubles and a three-run home run. And two errors. Yeah. I mean, I mean everything he, was off script. Everything. He had six errors all year long. He had two yesterday, but the guy hit the ball. I mean, he was one of the reasons they were in the game. So you just don't. I mean, I could see I could see State winning by nine today. I could see Notre Dame winning by nine today. And then anything in between. I could see it. I go back to something I said yesterday. I think – State is a slight favorite today. I think they are a heavier favorite if we are forced to a game tomorrow. Well, yesterday you said you thought Notre Dame would be a slight favorite today. Have you slept on it and decided you'll flip the script a little bit? Yeah, I'm going a little bit. No, I didn't say that. Now you're putting words in my mouth. I thought you did. No. I may not have been paying attention to you. No, what I said was that Mississippi State, although with a good chance to win today, has a better chance to win tomorrow. Oh, okay. What I'm saying, do you – you get where I'm going. Well, I left here yesterday sitting there saying, well, you know, Charlie's trying to play both sides. No. No, what I'm <laughs> saying is I think if – let's say real quick, if we're playing this out as Mississippi State loses this game, if we can make it a close loss, I think it goes back to making Notre Dame spend everything so that when they show up tomorrow, it's a, a situation of who do we throw? Yeah. Uh, who wants a turn? Yeah. You can have the eighth. Who wants the sixth? You know, sign up for an inning. And if you do that, I, that's why I'm saying I think if Notre Dame's going to win today, they're going to have to spend a ton to do it. If we say we're, we may see a football score today, what would tomorrow bring? A basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Hey, it's been fun again. Sunday Coffee, once again, brought to you by Cannon Ford of Startwell. Game two today, State Notre Dame, 5 o'clock Duty Noble Field, and then Charlie and I'll be right back as soon as the game's over with our post game rap shows. Those have been those have been hot. <laughs> those have been really hot as far as man, people have gone crazy over those things. And uh, hey, it's been fun. We've got another out of left field show coming in the midweek. Got some post game rap shows. Hopefully, we'll have some no- some uh, College World Series next week. But can't count those chickens just yet because you've got a really good Notre Dame team to contend with before you get there. So for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee.